Hey, Jessica Allstrom here, and I have a brand new podcast. Yeah, Quantum Fitness. Uh, I know some of you have heard of it, and some of you have not, but I'm pretty excited about it, and I've been out kind of the uh, podcasting loop for, I don't know, a good couple of years now, just because I've been teaching and teaching and teaching about four or five times a week in my my Quantum Method Academy that I have online, and you know, every once in a while, you get kind of sick of hearing your own voice. I've switched over to be, you know, become the writer that I never was. To learn to slow down and and get some actual tangible textbooks written on all of this material that is just flowing out of me the last few years. And you know, obviously, it comes from my own inner workings and my own curiosity. But also, you know, advanced research and technology that we have access to now is just is unbelievable. And with the, you know, the internet and, and and everything that is searchable, we'd really have no excuse to be illiterate. But at the same time, we also know that sometimes it is the stuff that's right in front of our nose or, or you know, the stuff that's really going down deep within us is for sure the hardest thing to see. And I have been in the healing industry probably since I was 18 years old, started off with fitness and nutrition. You know, I thought I was going to save the world and write my own fitness program and, you know, get everybody healthy. And this was coming from someone who was struggling with a eating disorder. And, you know, I love the gym, but now that I look back, it was literally just kind of an addictive cycle. And, and it really felt rewarding at the time to, to make those kind of changes with my body and they wouldn't last, you know, you step out of the gym for a few weeks and you're soft and chubby and, and that gets, that gets old, you know, and then you have life and you have a couple kids and a couple divorces and life. Right. And, and, you know, I kind of moved away from the physical solution into the emotional solution. And I dove down deep into all of the emotional training that is available, you know, that emotional space where emotion, energy in motion, let's talk about it. It's the feeling space. It's the, you know, it's the grief and the anger and the frustration and the humiliation and the shame and the guilt and, and, you know, the worry. And and that really intrigued me because I felt literally like I was walking fight or flight since pretty much birth. So addiction was one of the things that kind of helped me out as a crutch and what you guys are going to learn if you do this quantum series with me the 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 quantum fitness the addiction series is that you're going to see that that addiction is really it's almost like a crutch or you know a security blanket that is used when someone is dealing with mental illness on a level that they're not even aware of and that lack of connection that they even have with themselves. Addiction gives them something to hold on to, something to seek for, something to search for, something to crave, something to know, something to control. And obviously, you know, I would never consider myself with an addictive personality. I was easygoing, you know, I was a people pleaser. I was the life of the party. I was, you know, the mom that, you know, trying to be the best wife I could. And and my addictions came in the form of, you know, kind of like pain reward as far as, okay, I'm going to starve. I'm going to starve today. Then I'm going to eat tomorrow, right? And it was like, I actually looked forward to this pattern because it felt like life was so limiting that I was going to have to make the choice to settle anyways, because, you know, it's either it's either this or that. 
And I think that, you know, half of the planet really believes still that it is this or that. Because that's what life tends to prove. So we kind of jump around to different addictions and, you know, we might have, you know, exercise and fitness this year, or we might be vegan this year, or we might be a sanitarian, or we might be, you know, a self-help guru, or we might be, I don't know, running a 5k or who knows, but anything that is used to kind of separate from the mundane struggle, the boring existence, or the panic-stricken survival is addiction. And my pursuit through, you know, the emotional studies led me to energy medicine. And of course, that's when I found metaphysics and I found, uh, you know, neurology and biochemistry and, and I fell in love because I realized that it was in that emotional space that, you know, was where really the imprint of pain or the imprint of the storage of the pain was being held in the body. So fitness kind of was like, well, that's secondary. You know, fitness is a symptom, right? If, if you're not in shape, that's a symptom. Let's work on the emotions. Let's dive in. And the more I studied quantum physics, you know, that led me to quantum biology and then a mind exploding, right? It's like now we're, now we're looking at epigenetics. And if you are, if you are a, a quantum freak like I am, you totally geek out about understanding that the system that we call body is just so completely fascinating and how it is all strung together through streams of consciousness, some of which are unconscious and some of which super consciousness, but still all you. And when it brings it all around circle, you see how your reality can truly be generated through thought. But here we go, right? Thought creates reality. You hear it all the time. You know, you've you've seen a million gurus say it, and 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 you want to believe that you do. But there are are times where you're living a life where you're like, I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking that way. I'm thinking of abundance. I'm grateful. I'm helping people. I'm rescuing people. I'm saving people. I'm working my tail off. You know, where's the money? I'm the most loving partner in the world. Where's my person? You know, I'm. I'm taking every class there is, you know, how come I don't feel more worthy? You know, I'm spending thousands of dollars on healers. How come I am not more well? And you can see that as I kind of tied the emotional and the physical together, that led me into the chemical research. And the chemical research is just mind blowing because as we look at how the chemical reactions to both, you know, mind and body are, are nothing more than a symphony and a soundtrack, then we can really utilize the frequency and vibration of, of everything to redirect and influence our, our systems. And so over the years, uh, I have healed a ton of crap. I would say, you know, I, I, I would say I got about 90% of, of my existence healed. You know, I, I had a raging abuse against time. You know, I'm chasing time. Like I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. There's not enough time. There's not enough time. And then all of a sudden too much time. Right. And, and then it's like this, this hurry up and wait. That's what I would call like human existence, like hurry up and wait. And it is, uh, it can be quite tragic when you're, you're kind of like watching the clock 
to see who you can be or what you can have or or when is this person going to be here? When is this going to happen? And it's like a kid where like their Groundhog Day starts on Christmas Eve and Christmas never comes. I mean, that's really kind of what it feels like. And even then, this is even if you're a master manifester, you know, and I've taught manifestation for years. I'm a very powerful manifester. And really, when you kind of pull the thread and, and see like, what am I actually manifesting, right? You You just have to laugh because... You know, thought is all-inclusive. It's vibration. So when we really start to look at biohacking, this is where I felt, okay, this is my sweet spot. Because curiosity, obviously, right? Experimentation, right? Experience creates expert, regardless of, you know, what freaking degree you're going to get. I can tell you right now, I can go up against any neurologist and, you know, any, any physicist and have a very intelligent conversation, which might entangle them because I would bring in spirit. And this is where everything comes alive because science is really just theory of, you know, the workings of the universe, but, but why and how and, and when, and that is when we bridge the gap between science and spirituality. And in order to do quantum biohacking, you've got to, you've got to have all your bases covered. All right. And my search was, you know, like I said, 90%, I had that time, that money got, it was flowing from everywhere. Didn't really have to necessarily like, you know, watch the clock and make the sales and, and show up. And it was really just this dance, you know, ebb and flow that was taking very, you know, beautiful care of me and the kids. And, um, I had, you know, it's getting in, into shape miraculously without really trying. And, and this was all, you know, based in my manifestation training and my, you know, emotional purges over the year and my inner child work that I've done. And, you know, if you don't know my backstory, you know that this is like an epic success story because it, my beginnings were quite tragic. And we don't need to go there today. You know, if you pull the thread, I got 14,000 hours of curriculum sitting in my academy. I'm sure you'll hear the sob story at some point there. But where I have come from versus where I am now, I, you know, I really felt like I've arrived. You know, I'm generous without being, you know, um, giving myself away. I'm, you know, loving. I don't hold a grudge. You know, I'm like, can't judge a fly, literally understand how everyone does everything, hurt people, hurt people. I get it, you know, and, and really was really thriving. But there was one little area. And if you've been in my academy, or you've been listening to me over the years, you know, you know where my sticky, my sticky icky is. And, and that has always been in that, that finding that true partnership, right? So that's where I said, you know what, I'm not going to release quantum fitness until I have that nugget. There is that one blind spot that I cannot find. And I know it's, I know it's got to be something in the root, but which root? Because when we're looking at consciousness, there's roots from roots, there's roots over here. And, and so it's, it's literally like looking for a, a needle in a haystack when you're working to find the root cause of something lingering that shouldn't be lingering anymore, right? If you've changed your life, you change your mind, you've changed your thoughts, you've changed your habits, your behavior is stellar or so I thought, right? And, and again, you know, when you're living your life, you, you are seeing the byproduct of what you think you are. 
But when you dive down deep into the workings and the system, you start to see that although you are having a perception of a reality, your perception of a reality is not based on the perception of the reality that your physical mass or body or chemical compound is having. It could be completely different. So I found out. And if you want to know where you are are in different alignment, let's say your body, right? You know, go to your family's house after feeling enlightened for two weeks, right? Go out there and start dating, right? See, see what you actually attract. That will give you a ton of evidence on what is actually going on in there. And so this is the concept of biohacking. It is, to me, the last program you're ever going to need. And the reason why is because I've already failed in every direction, fitness, nutrition. And I wouldn't call it a failure, but you just reach a, you reach a glass ceiling, you know, with nutrition because it's it's based in physicality. There's going to have limitations to its abilities, which means that we can't put everybody on the same diet because, you know, not everybody can eat vegan. Not everybody can eat meat or not everybody can eat, you know, veggies even at the in these days. So you cannot systematically regulate. And that has to be done through the awareness and, and rapport built from understanding someone's whole circumstance. Because what someone is allergic to very rarely has anything to do with genetics. You know, what someone is allergic to has so much more to do with how they're protecting themselves from their own reality. And we build in all kinds of walls and booby traps and security systems to protect ourselves from what we believe has hurt us, could hurt us, or will hurt us. And really, it's not a conscious effort. You know, you know, you becoming allergic to pollen is not a conscious choice. It just feels like it happened. But if you go through this addiction series with me, you're going to find out exactly how you became allergic to pollen at 35, or how come all of a sudden you can't eat dairy, or how come blah, blah, blah. Because even the you know spiritual communities, oh, we're just sensitive. True, right? But we're also eternal, right? We're also adaptable. We're also healable. So it doesn't make physical sense for us to just claim, you know, sensitivities here. So in this in this search for this holy grail, right? And it's always love, you know, it's always relationships at the end of the day. We are here, we think we're here for joy. We're here to write the bestseller book. We're here to save the world. No, you're here for connection. You're here to Share the abundance of who you are. You're here to touch the world. You're here to be touched by the world. You're here to receive what someone else has to share abundantly. And this is the magic of being human from a spirit space because it's it's real, right? It's like touch it, taste it, feel it, although it's not. It's the experience. It's the time. It's the space that's involved. And, and that's what makes it all worth it, right? So... As I've been going through this pursuit, I said, you know, I've got this this huge body of work, quantum fitness, you know, all about the weight, you know, the weight and of what we're carrying around and, you know, the, the, the shoulders and in the body and in the mind. And then the, the, you know, the metaphorical waiting, you know, we're all waiting on something, someone, right, somewhere. And we actually believe, right, that this is part of our journey. But it's a total contradiction of the universe because the universe is only flow. The universe is a river that screams, yes, that's it, right? There is no no, there is no stop, there is no pause, 
there there is no there is no other direction except racing river of yes expansion right so if there is any convoluted belief systems on patience or waiting or you know um allowing it, it really comes down to a belief system that we have been indoctrinated even in the spiritual culture that patience is a virtue and if you really want to believe whether or not the universe is is asking you to be patient, just go watch some ch- some children, right? It's like they're direct, they're they're brought direct, you know. If anything is closest to the truest signature of the universe, it's going to be babies and children, and they don't wait for nothing. They will literally tantrum. So this idea was, wait, 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 didn't make sense to me. So when I went in to really look at the biohacking, a quantum biohacker is going to look in places that. Other practitioners are not going to look, you know, we have to look, we have to see this. So a doctor is going to look at the acute issue. So they're going to look directly at your body, right? You got a tummy ache, they're going to look at your tummy. All right. A holistic doctor is going to look at the whole, you know, system, mind, body, soul, and how the system is working. Usually, you know, around the meridian, the blood, the the brain, the the whole system and, and take in to consideration that the system itself is what is needing to be treated, not necessarily like, you know, the hand or, or the, or the foot. It, it could be the neck, who knows, depending on where the energy needs to be regulated. You, you, if you've had acupuncture, you know, you could be upset with someone and they're putting needles in your head. So you, you don't necessarily um, work with one direct system. You're working with an entire system and probably with quite intuitive people who can, understand and read that system so that's really amazing to have and and then we have our our real woo-woos you know that are our healers and and i would say that that's pretty much where i've fallen into category over the last 10 years is quantum healer and healers address frequency and vibration now you would think this is the root because this is where it started you know and then there was the word right and and then it started, right? So frequency and vibration, yes, it is. And I have had many, many, many successful healing sessions over the last 10 years that have resulted in a, you know, a new, a new life for the person. But here's the but. And again, back to the drawing board. There's, there's something interesting about changing frequency and vibration. And, you know, kind of imagine this. You, you know, you have a smartphone and you get it and you buy it from someone, right? And you're like, oh, it's filled with apps. It's filled with their pictures. It's filled with all this. It's filled with, you know, stuff you don't want. So you start getting rid of it, right? That would be like working with a, a holistic doctor or a healer. And you start eliminating some of these apps, eliminating some of these apps, eliminating some of these apps. And, and yet it's, there's, there's a hard wired reset. Okay. So if you do not take every single step, right, and, and completely hard reset this system, it, it won't be brand new, okay? It will eventually start coming back, especially if you do not fill the space or you do not use it or you behave how you were. And this is what I noticed. You know, I had a wellness center for many years, and I saw sometimes eight eight clients a day, energy, medicine, constant. And I would have someone come in 
with, I don't know, thyroid issues or, you know, autoimmune disease or relationship problems, money problems. And, and we would go through, we would go through the, the frequency signature and the vibration of, of the story and, you know, go into the Akashic records. We, we would literally look at every single place for the frequency and vibration. And we would then, right, recalibrate that. And, and if you're familiar with scalar energy or the Healy technology, it is like, okay, it's like the tuning fork effect. So the body becomes the vibration of the new set point, okay? And this works up to a certain extent because what I'm noticing further in my work, you know, there's so much amazing technology out here. We've got, you know, BrainTap that's teaching our brains to meditate without us being, you know, worrying about it. We've got Healy technology, which is a quantum doctor, diagnoses you. We've got, you know, scalar energy and, you know, which is Tesla's compounds. And we have this insane technology at our fingertips. So how come, and here's always my question, you're still sick, you're still broke, you're still alone, still have questions. And because I've had, I mean, I tell you right now, I've had access to some of the best technology on the planet and worked with some of the most amazing healers. And I have had amazing breakthroughs. You know, I, like I said, I have an academy and I've been teaching personal development and higher levels of accessing consciousness for forever and considered myself quite good until, right? And it's always until because we, we break through what we break through and we don't know what we don't know. And as we, we become more and we, we allow more, we heal more, we create more space for more awareness, we start to see that a quantum biohacker is really going to be looking between the lines of code. And if you are familiar with how coding works, basically it's, um, it's creating a system out of numbers and it is, you know, it is in that number sequence that you will have, right? Your, your website or your platform. Now in your human body, you do have templates, right? You already have pre generated coded templates that are gifted to you, right? From your genetic line, from your bloodline. Your ancestors are all connected in that code. So you do have templates, but you also do have that empty space of what we call, you know, free creation, right? Free will. And you are able in that template space to really create anything and everything new that you would want based in the law of physics. Totally create anything you want, right? No matter what you've come from, no matter what you look like, your capabilities of your brain and your body could redirect every genetic structure to your will if and how you think feel behave right and 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 you're like well that's that's easy no it's not because we are very influential beings which means that you could be on a path to you know straighten your own teeth without braces and you're focusing and you're becoming and you're seeing it as if it's done and you're walking your talk and then you know Again, you've got an old shadow lingering somewhere, and then someone's like, why are your teeth so crooked? And then it triggers you. Right? And so now you're going, oh, man, I lost my – it's like when you lose your count. <laughs> it's like, dang it, I was at 359. I need to get to 500. And you lose your count and have to start over. So it's very difficult to try to focus your will to manifest. And I know because I've tried every different way. But ultimately, there's a seven formula, yeah, a very, very simple process for it, creating anything. And it does not require, you know, 
becoming a method actor of life and, and losing yourself to the fact that you are disillusioned to anything else. But a biohacker is going to work between, between the numbers, right? We're going to look in the empty spaces. We're going to look at everything as a system. Okay. If that system is there, what created that system? And if that system is there, what created that system? And if that system created, what created that system? And we will literally pull the thread until we get to a place that is either reprogrammable or where we can, you know, control alt delete permanently because none of us necessarily want to be carrying around a bunch of garbage in our DNA when there is phenomenal, you know, there's phenomenal links that are for us to also um, manifest into matter through our bloodline. You know, there was a lot of capabilities that have been lost over the years. And there's a lot of been a lot of desire and a lot of building that has happened in in the human body over the last couple thousand years that we could really take advantage of. And the way that the human body is is designed is it's not designed to age. I don't care what the doctors say. If you look at if you look at spirit science and then you blend that with quantum physics, the, the human body is designed to do whatever the consciousness says. Okay, so if the body says, well, we only have 85 years here. Okay, the body will adapt, right? And if no one is really directing the body, the body will fall into rhythm in the pattern of the bloodline before it, which means when did those bodies die? right? What did, how did those bodies die? Okay, great. Nobody's paying attention here in this body. So at 65, we'll choose cancer, right? So then the epigenetic is going to be processed through the most chronic thinking behavioral thought, whether positive or negative. Okay, so the body is not designed to die. The body is designed to be the container, right? The facilitator of the vehicle of your journey, right? But there's got to be awareness. There's got to be, um, you know, there's, there's got to be someone behind the curtain. There's got to be a driver. Okay. And we know that it's, it's very easy to get kind of bumped out of that driver's seat, even if you're a strong-willed person in your own life. Okay. So when we're looking at this idea of reading between the lines and codes, what I realized was that Although, you know, we've looked in the emotional body and we've looked in, we've looked in the etherical body and we've looked at the, you know, heart and we've looked at the brain and we've looked at everything and, and we're looking around going, where's the missing piece? So I decided to throw myself into a very toxic relationship because that's the easiest way to find your own blind spot and, you know, basically get a huge gut check and heartbreak in the process of witnessing my eureka like legit i was like oh my gosh there it is there it is and i i like a puzzle piece that was i've been looking everywhere for this puzzle piece for 10 years i find the puzzle piece and i'm like this is too simple you know it's one of those things you've looked at a million times like when you look for your keys in your purse a hundred times and then you look again it's there that's kind of how this was except it was in a a very tragic relationship. And as I was kind of going through this relationship and I was watching the behavior and I was watching my behavior and I was watching his behavior and I was watching my behavior and I was like li literally watching this tandem, you know, experience going on and, and this, this trigger and reward and pain and punishment and isolation and gaslighting, blah, blah, blah. And 
I had right before getting into this relationship decided that, that I was going to, I was going to love someone even if it destroyed me. You know, I've loved my kids, obviously, unconditionally, but I never really like full blown, 100%, don't care if you destroy me, don't care if you don't love me back, I'm going to do this. And, and it's funny, because now I look back and uh, the kind of the person that uh, like lined up with me at the time for me to go through this experience. There was many, there was many times I was like, really? This? Okay. And, but it was, it was weird, because it was like, it was the perfect opportunity for me to practice unconditional love with no meaning or expectation. There was no children involved. There was no money involved. It was just, let me just love everything about you and, you know, not try to change you, not try to make you be anything that you're, you're not just or you. All right, Jessica Alstrom back at the podcast. We got a new one here. It's a uh, quantum fitness and I'm pretty excited about it. I've been out of the podcasting game for, I don't know, a year or so, just because I've been teaching so much in the academy and, you know, four, four classes a week, you can kind of get sick of your own voice. But this, this new program uh, that is just blowing my mind, you know, while I'm, I'm, I'm living it and, and working with it is, is really like developing itself now. And I, I knew originally that it was going to be the biohacking process of the mind, body, and soul. And it was going to be designed to bring that awareness that you have created through your life journey into your body. Because that seems like such a disconnect. You know, it's like everybody around is living a double life. You know, they're here, but they want to be there, right? They feel this, this this big purpose inside of them, but they don't have the opportunity. They don't feel smart enough or they don't, you know, they're not allowed, whatever. There's so many little weight points and stuck points and block points. And I think that whenever you're getting ready to hire a mentor, you know, that's usually, you know, your, your desire is to have that coach or that therapist or that healer be able to see your blind spot in a way that not only it brings you to your own awareness so that you can alter change it and become something new, but to, to kind of really kind of help you hold space during that process. Because, you know, if healing was really that easy, you know, there would be more well people. But one thing that I did learn in owning a wellness center is that people don't really begin to, f- to heal until they feel safe. And for me, quantum fitness is, is about exhaustion. It's like if you have tried everything in the whole world, you know, you've, you've spent all of your money to the point of shame and guilt, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, to the point where you're like, I give up. That's usually when you will find me because I am, I'm always like in your ear, but it's like the last resort because quantum fitness, like quantum physics, what is it? I'm not going to understand it. You know, it's woo woo. It's, it's, it's basic. You know, I've never done such a basic program in all of my 10 years of doing this professionally. This is the most basic, fundamental, scientific, proof-based product that I have ever generated. And the reason why is because, you know, you rise to this this place where you're able to, you know, have crazy intuitive abilities and 
meditate for hours and, you know, heal parts of your body and go into your timelines and, and help other people do that. I mean, that you can get, you know, that can get quite intoxicating and, and real world, you know, bills and debt and putting gas in the car and washing the babies. And I mean, that's just kind of something you do until you can get into your next, your next high of, of where else can I go in spirit, the lucid space, right? The connections, the tribes, the, the understanding where, you know, you may still feel like a black sheep, but at least there's other black sheeps in there. You know, it's like this, this kind of place. And, and although I, I definitely would consider that I worked more in the spiritual community in the kind of, in the metaphysical community a few years back, I, I never felt like a fit. I, it was like, I would question, I would question, I would question resistant based teachings coming from spirit, like this idea of patience, right? I'm like, well, the universe is only flow and it's a big fat yes. Okay. So if it's a raging river of yes, then why are we learning to be patient? Okay. And why are we learning that patience is a virtue? Why are we learning to wait? Right. We didn't like it when we were kids. We tantrumed to do the closest thing to the universe as possible. So, and that's really where most of my research has been over the last three years. It has been early childhood development and it has been the human ego, right? So, you know, so much training you can do on your higher self. It's complete, right? It's like, it's like interviewing some, someone that is so complete in its existence that it's kind of a dull conversation, right? Wow. There's something happening over there. Yep. You know, wow. We're looking over here. Uh Uh-huh. Well, if you want to get into the juicy meat of things, we got to get to where the resistance and the, the trouble is. And I realized nobody's channeling the ego. Nobody's channeling this like this, this dark place that is this kind of parasitic critic that lives within our own head. That is a byproduct of everything that has said no to us yet somehow secretly or weirdly wants to also see us win and thrive to us. It's like, it's like a weird, like, abusive parent where you might get a I love you and then a smack in the face it's it's very it's very cryptic and and it's very difficult to understand your own ego it's sometimes easier to understand other people's but when it's your own it's such a compilation of so many different you know doors slamming in your face that sometimes by the time you're older you know it it really is kind of um blends in to your own thoughts so decided, you know what, no one's looking here, right? Let's look there. Let's look in the inner child space. Let's look in, you know, the seven-year cycle of the brain. And then when the brain maxes out at 25, you know, what is actually going on in there? And the analogy I gave in my blog, if you guys were able to check that out. And I love this analogy, especially for the first course of weight and waiting, because you weren't here to wait and you weren't here to carry weight. You know, you were here to to be joy. You were here to lighten up. You were here to desire and become. You were here to desire and become. You have the perfect hardware to manifest reality. I mean, scientifically, your body is a manifester. All right. Your job isn't your manifester. Your spouse isn't your manifester. Your body is your manifester. And the spiritual community is really kind of all about being out of body, right? It's it's, you know, the, when you get into the yoga, that's like, hey, get back in here, right? Let's work together. And then, you know, you start to study some of the other ancient, you, you know, I'm supposed to be in my body over here too. But it still feels better 
especially when your body is, you know, hurting or in pain or carrying a whole, you know, backpack full of trauma around, doesn't, doesn't feel good to be in there. So if we create a further separation in the spiritual community when we are, are kind of bypassing the shadow space or only doing shadow work in certain times of the day, you know, life, which I have realized is and should be a meditation, right? If you can not be in the present moment, my question is why? And that was the question I asked myself. What is, you know, what is so boring or wrong with the present moment that we're so excited about the next moment or we're so anticipating, you know, what has said in the past? Why are we so avoidant of this present moment? You know, and, and so that was part of my search. You guys will find the answer because it's like, Eureka, it's like this amazing, like puzzle piece that fell into place. And, and ultimately when we're, we're looking at the idea of biohacking, we're, we're looking at not just one root because you are multidimensional, you know, you are, there's a root of the body, there's a root of the mind, there's a root of the soul and the root cause of a symptom that is manifesting itself as your circumstances or reality could be tied up in a different root. Because if you were going to look at yourself, and this is the perfect analogy, again, for weight and waiting course, is imagine that you are looking through a projector, okay? And, or, or watching a projector, you know, you've been in the movie theater when you were a kid and you looked up, you're curious back then, before we were not curious. You look in the back of the room and you see this light streaming at the top. And it's just light. And all of a sudden, in a dark screen, there is a movie and it is playing. Right. And you're like, wow. And it's the whole room is dark except the movie. And all of a sudden, this music starts to play and the music of the vibration takes you on a emotional journey of what the characters are acting out in front of you. But what's really happening is is there's no movie. That's literally just picture images that are sped up so quickly right, that they appear as the movie themselves, and when that projector is not on, right, that film is not streaming, that that dark movie theater is just dark, right, it's not real, so it's, it's not like you believe when you're watching a movie that that is happening, you might feel, you know, what the actors are feeling because of the soundtrack that is hallucinating you, but you are pretty aware that that is not you. But in the metaphor of virtual reality and the quantum holographic space that we're we're experiencing here on Earth, it is because let me paint this picture. You know, you you turn around, you look up, you see this projector. You're like, wow, that's cool. It's, you know, big chunky thing, and it's rolling film, and it's got a ton of film enough for like two hours. And, you know, lights go down and you're watching a movie and you're having an emotional journey, right? You're watching this, this movie. But in your case, this movie that you're watching is your life, right? Everything you see is happening out there is your life. Those are your people. Those are your stories. So that projector is spinning your story, okay? So how consciousness works, and I've taught you guys that there's four levels of consciousness, Okay. There is this idea of, right, is, is this idea of unconsciousness, 
okay and and that would kind of be the idea of of the the um the projector itself okay and in our case our body it's the brain your human brain i'm not saying it's unconscious i'm just saying that it is it has the forefront of your hardware okay that is built in that has a very very particular job and its particular job right is to receive the film okay receive the thought receive the images receive the memories receive the imagination all right that's its job it's not generating thought it's not creating thought it is it is literally spinning it in a circle and the super consciousness which you would call light right your higher self is the light that streams the spin and the images that are pushed onto the picture are your subconscious story right everything that has happened your storyline your characters your failures your successes that would be your subconscious reality okay and then there's the you who's sitting in the movie theater observing another level of your consciousness going wait what no 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 that's not what i want that's not what i want and or oh wow okay look at this and how the system was designed for you was not to blindside you into watching a movie or living a life you didn't want what it was designed to do was vibrate and create a a database of focused desires that you were then to intend to manifest okay but life gets in the way and because this this universe is free will and it's very uh intoxicating as far as other people's movies you know other people's stories and parents saying no and the word you know no coming in and the fast moving river turning into a swamp and blah 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 anyways all of a sudden you could be 35 looking at a movie going no 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 right you got two choices you can either like try to get up and walk out of the movie okay go in the hallway and take a breath try to jump into another movie with somebody else's movie maybe or you know you can get some popcorn and candy and just be like whatever you know alcohol drugs what whatever it is and and usually that is like the two choices until you come to me all right and when you come here what we're going to do is we're going we're going to pause everything we're going to we're going to break the pause so that you can first and foremost see and have awareness that that this is although maybe not something that you are enjoying you know this mediocre existence of survival and pain and pleasure and you know weird addictions and double lives and resentments and secret humiliations and fears you know this isn't the you that you came here to be this is the you that that kind of unfolded through the you know the default process of of not being able to make your own choices you know or or not believing that you could early on and it happens i mean it happens to all of us i think that i think we i think we kind of choose that like all right well let me forget and let me get lost and let me find myself that'll be fun and i think that that's just, that's part of the journey so i don't i don't look at any of that as a negative but when you finally become aware enough to realize that you know you are the film you are you are the projector you you are the light streaming and you are also the person sitting there then the greatest thing about that is you can make the changes now you know that you can't walk up and start fighting with a screen 
I've seen people do it. It's, it's embarrassing. You know, it's when you get triggered and you go attack the trigger versus go, okay, I don't like what's happening on my movie screen, right? Well, what do I do? Well, first and foremost, we can't get mad at the body, which is kind of that, that unconscious place that houses the subconscious space. And what we have to do is we have to look at what we can control, which is the film, all right? And if we don't like the film, we have to look at all of the energy that would create us to be kind of glued or stuck to our film. And that's usually lower frequencies. So we have to, we have to do a lot of work right there. And that's kind of what biohacking is all about is is it isn't about just letting it go or, or, you know, forgiving people because what I've noticed about lower frequency is that it, it actually has a metabolical weight attached to it and it just comes right back like a boomerang. You keep attracting the same story no matter how much you've forgiven, no matter how much you're kind, right? So why do we keep attracting the Groundhog Day even though we move, change our bodies, change our hairs, you know, change our hair, whatever? Why? So biohacking is, is really about literally looking at the root of all four elements instead of just your mind, body, soul, right? We're even taking it a step step deeper than I've ever taken it. And I've always worked with the me, myself, and I, where it's kind of me is the ego mentality, the the you that you had to become, that you don't want to become, that you don't you're fighting against. You know, it's your it's your I want to go, you know, be this, but I'm afraid mentality versus your body and what's stored in there, your epigenetics, your, you know, all of that stuff going on. And then that super consciousness that is kind of urging you forward, it, it can be can make your head spin. So we're getting really back to basics, although we're getting in the deepest part of the root. And the deepest part of the root is really about how the projector was set up to stream and what the film is. Because the light shining through is perfect. All right. The motor that's pumping that light, the electricity, that's your heart. It's perfect. It's, it's a perfect picture. That does not need to be changed. The energy does not need to be changed. That is flowing that that motor to, to spin. The thing that needs to be changed is the two things right? that can be changed, which is the projector and the film. And we're going to be biohacking both of those aspects. So in wait and waiting. It's really about recalibration of your brain. We begin to lose connection with ourselves, not our parents, not our friends, not our families. We begin to lose connection with ourselves very early. When we lose the connection that we had, the GPS, the Wi-Fi built into our hardware, into this body, through a genetic strand, through the spine and brain, when we begin by forced duress to have to to kind of turn it down or or bend it or put some weight on it or whatever we had to do, we begin to have the experience that we are disconnected from ourselves. And this is what creates that childlike fear because fear does not exist if there's a connection. Okay. And if there is no connection presently felt you're going to seek someone else's connection. Okay, you're going to need someone. And then whoever you're going to need is going to tell you who you're allowed to be. And this is where it gets sticky because you think everybody's got the same projector. No, 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 no. Some projectors are designed 
out of, you know, the country that they're built. So they're going to have different hardware. And in our, our perspective, our brain that we came into to be the perfect tool for manifestation built in symmetry of your gender based souls experience reflection is so precise that you should be able to come down here with no negative influence and manifest from any age anything you would want. I mean, it would literally manifest because your brain is the perfect manifester, okay? And it is it is the the system of the masculine and inner and the feminine energy that is required for manifestation. And if you've taken my training, you you know that it's four steps feminine, right? Two steps masculine, one step co-creation, and there you get a baby. Well, in in the brain, you get a manifestation because what it does is it triggers these this hormonal expression, kind of like a soundtrack for the body to experience an inspired action to have a feeling and that feeling would get the body to move in the direction and get the electromagnetic energy of the blood magnetically pulling that which it desires towards it. All right. So when my perfect manifestation tool, the brain becomes disconnected, right? Then I'm going to need somebody else. And this is where we lose all of our joy. We lose all of our power. We lose all of the potential. Well, not all of it, but we lose a big chunk of it. And and then we go on a life searching for connection. And really, when we come down to it, the the you know, the the true gravy of the first part of quantum fitness was where did we create this belief of weight and why do we carry the weight? And this comes back to that first that first seven-year development where you came in and, you know, you were allowed to be the star. I mean, you were fed, you were clothed, you were changed. You were, didn't matter how you ate, you know, behaved. You were, you were worthy because you existed. And somewhere between, the, you know, the ages of, I don't know, six months and you know, maybe three years old, you kind of started to fall lower in that rank of, you know, being kind of the star or, or the alpha. Because I will tell you right now, in a house, in this day and age, the baby, the kids are the alphas. They make the rules. And it's interesting because in the old and older paradigm, you know, it was just like the, the children naturally fell into the rank of, you know, the hunter, the gatherer, the seekers. And, and that, that family system was obviously very, you know, very barbaric and, and, and simple, but it was also, it was also consistent and we're not being born into consistency anymore. And so without consistency, we are, you know, it's almost like if you could imagine how horrible this would feel and you, and you've experienced this, you know, you got, you got a smartphone and you're, you're dropping your Wi-Fi every 15, 20 minutes. It's like, it's dropping, it's dropping, it's dropping, it's dropping. And I would say this is where 90% of your frustration comes from. Because the analogy of the the projector and the screen and, you know, the film and then the you sitting there going, oh, my God, that's, that's, that's not me, right? It's you. And the music that's just making you cry. Everything's like a, this perfect reflection. 
Well, then if we were going to go to part two, if you can make it through the first one, which I recommend everybody go through the first one first to clear that weight out, right? So that you can lighten up because when we start to dig into addictions, there's addictions that are so old within you that are, are not even yours, right? That your, your body and brain could be addicted to like a template, like, oh, you have a template for addiction. Yep, you have a template for alcoholism. Wonderful. Like, you know, you, you don't want to build a whole website, so you get a template. And again, we didn't want to have to code our own bodies here. So we chose genetics where we had challenge-based limits for us to figure it out. So if you've got these pre-designed templates, then the second analogy I want you to really ponder here is this idea of the smartphone. Because this... This is where we're getting into the real roots of consciousness here, okay? So the same idea of the four levels of consciousness, right? The projector, the film, the you sitting in there, okay? Uh, the light streaming, that's the four levels of consciousness. The four levels of consciousness in the idea of your smartphone, which is a way better analogy when you start to get into the movement of your life, is the idea that your smartphone, okay, is your brain, all right. And again, you can, if you buy Apple, you get Apple's templates. You get all their crappy apps. Okay. And, and whatever they thought was best for you is going to be already built into your phone. So when you get in there, right, you're trying to wiggle in there and make it your own, create some space, decide, right? 90% of the time, we don't go and start removing all the Apple apps. We just start putting new ones in there, ones that we like. Now, your, your smartphone, just like your brain, is learning you. It studies your rhythms, how much time you spend with it, you know, where you go, where your go-to searches are, right? What you, what you have on private, you know, what you store in locked security systems and where your pictures are opened. And it begins to, after, I don't know, I think they said three to six months, it knows your algorithm. It, your, your phone knows your moods better than you do, right? Because you think you're in the present moment when you're not. Your phone is in the present moment going, yep, she's about to go to Amazon again, or he's about to go on that dating site again. So your, your phone, your, your brain, right, that's got all these apps that is beginning to learn your algorithms based on, on your, your choices and what you're looking at and what you're searching for and what you're doing on it. It becomes to it becomes almost like an AI, like it becomes like artificial, like it's like, OK, that's why all of a sudden you're like, hey, I was just thinking something and then I, I saw it. You're like, well, that's weird. They're watching me. Well, I mean, who cares? Yes, maybe. But ultimately, your phone is 5G and 5G, 4G can hook into a very any sort of any sort of satellite system. And your brain is a satellite system. So if you thought it, the brainwave can travel into the phone and Google will pop it up, especially, you know, Amazon. Hey, were you looking at this? And you're like, no, I wasn't looking at that. Don't show anybody. Right? And, and we're like, this is freaky. But again, with the concept of, of the capabilities and the unlimited potential of the human body and brain, you know, think about how much you actually utilize what your phone can do. You know, they say the human is using 10% of their brain, right? Think about, you know, 5% to stress and worry about the past, you know, 3% to maybe 4% to worry about the future and then 1% to, oh yeah, hi, uh, what did you need, honey? You know, mom, 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 stop talking, I'm on my phone. So when this idea of 10%, 10% is not even that focused, 
because think about if you were using 10% of your phone, right? How many pictures do you have in there? That's, that's the past, okay? You know, how many files do you have in there that are like in working? They're in progress, right? They're, they're not yet done. They're like pending. Then you got, you know, emails and, and you got social media and, and you got everything else in there. And, and it's, it's creating this kind of distraction within its own universe. So how it would work here is your, your brain would be your smartphone, your files, your, you know, your, your working, interactive personality stuff, your, where you go on social media, blah, 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 would be your subconscious, right? And the unconscious is the apps that were built in, okay, that, you, that were just there watching you, and interacting with you even if they're not active, because they are, they're in there. And... And then, you know, the idea of the super consciousness, and this is where, this is where we're going to really work in the root of addiction. And this is the idea of Wi-Fi. Okay. A phone is pretty much, you know, it plays games and it plays stored music and you can look at your old pictures and you can look at your old emails without Wi-Fi. It's pretty useless unless you're like, I just want to live in the past. If you want to interact or communicate You've got to have Wi-Fi, all right? So this idea of this Wi-Fi that was built into this pineal gland of our brain that functioned through the spinal fluid up into the brain, right, and out was was supposed to be kind of like that built-in Wi-Fi. It was supposed to be that built-in light that illuminates the movie. and And what has happened is through, you know, us not being allowed to express, to feel, to be, to say, to to share, to have, we have literally kind of unbecome, like we've turned ourselves down, not necessarily on purpose, but in order to survive and fall in rank, right? Because again, I mean, how many times have you like walked by and your kids are on your phone? Turn it down. Like they don't, they don't want you streaming what you're streaming. They want you doing what they're doing. So we turn our Wi-Fi down to the point where we forget where it is, okay, where that little switch is that gives us instant access and it's free, right? And here you are in someone else's hotspot constantly trying to be and do and behave the way they want you to and you're resisting it. So addiction is... This is this is gonna this is gonna get hmm you're 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 gonna end up joining me I I think addiction is when you find free Wi-Fi okay so imagine this I don't feel I have my own I've disconnected from my my true connection right I'm I'm creating codependency for myself which I don't like because I want to be here for freedom I've kind of trapped myself and I become what other people need me to be and. You know, I got to work this crappy job for my mortgage and, you know, I got all these kids and I'm, I'm really sick. And so I, I need help. I need that connection. I need that attachment so that, you know, somebody doesn't get too far away from me and I, I lose that feeling of, of, of connection. So this would be that idea of hotspot. But the hotspot idea is more of an entanglement, right? It's conditional. And this is why we all have such a hard time receiving because, here we are needing this kind of hot spot that we don't want to need anybody else's energy. We want to have our own because it's 
it's a great relationship when you're both sitting there on your phone, but you have your own Wi-Fi. You know, you're not having to be on mine and I'm not having to be on yours. That's, that's entanglement. That makes a, a crappy relationship. But just imagine what two people could do with their own Wi-Fi if they were in sync building something together. Really, it would be a subtraction problem versus a multiplication problem. And this is where we are as a culture. We have literally, I mean, and been indoctrinated by everything from old paradigm parenting to churches to religion to the media to say, no, you do not have your own, right? You have to come here and get the connection or you get it from your parents or you get it from success or you get it from money or you get it from another person. You do not have it built in. And this is the biggest law, the lie that has ever been told because you do. But again, just like a muscle, right? It is atrophied and the signal is very, very, very weak to the point where it might open and close, open and close. And we're, we're, you know, we're doing, we're doing spirit drugs to open it up and we're doing crazy meditations to open it up. And, and we're, we're feeling that. That's why meditation feels so good. This is why that DMT is amazing. That's why all the, you know, cannabis and all this stuff is like, yes, but here's the thing. My question for all of that is, Okay, so, but what happens when you're not doing it, right? Or you're not meditating? Where is your stream? Because technically, this should open the gateway and then it should stay open. Why is it not staying open? Why are you not having your own Wi-Fi 24 hours a day? Walking with your higher spirit, walking, knowing all that you know, being safe in your own environment, manifesting your own reality with your brain. How come? And that has been my question is if meditation and spirituality is the gateway to enlightenment, how come it doesn't last past the meditation or past the healing session or past blah, blah, blah. Why is it the first time you get triggered? You feel completely unconscious. Like you do not have your own Wi-Fi. That is my question. So that's the search I went on. And again, nothing will really open you up to knowing exactly how attached and entangled you are until you get into a kind of a, a toxic relationship. And that was the greatest gift that I ever manifested because in that I really saw how, how the Wi-Fi turns on and off. Okay. So again, it's a process because it took a while to turn it off. You were stubborn. You had the terrible twos, you know, you got probably violent at seven and eight occasionally when you were like rebelling and then you got tired, you know, and you were like, whatever, fall in line. Well, I, I am not my connection. So if you have a connection, I, I love you and you love me and then I'm safe. Okay. Because the connection is how you interact. And that's when that connection starts to feel less, you start to feel alone. That's why you go back to toxic partners. Okay. So in the idea of addiction, what happens is you are in this attachment somewhere where you've lost your power, you've lost your time, you've lost your freedom, you've lost your sense of abundance, and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're asking and you're seeking and you're, you're desiring. And, and when you desire, it's given. So what happens is, is you are manifesting opportunities for yourself to bump into what feels like your hotspot. And that's where you're like, oh my God, I met this person. And it was like, I've known them forever. Because when you start to work with open hotspots, and these are people, places, and things, they remind you of your hot, your, your Wi-Fi, and it feels like you've met your soulmate. 
All right. Now, why you manifest these people is not because this is your soulmate. You manifest these people so that if you can remember what that feeling is, then you can figure out how to turn it on. Because what turns it on turns it off. Okay. And so what happens is this turns into instead of the treasure map unfolding, right? Follow the hot, it's getting warmer, it's getting warmer. What we do is we believe that this feeling, this drug, this person, this place is where I'm supposed to be. And the hot spot I've been, you know, having to hook on to doesn't appreciate me anyways. And so you start to crave this this other Wi-Fi connection. But just like I said, it's not sustainable, right? The person isn't sustainable that you're feeling this way with. The drug doesn't last, right? The the program, you know, you you eventually got to go back into your own reality. And so there becomes this double life and need for what feels the closest thing to your connection. And I call, I call this the twin flame energy where it's like, Oh my God, this is my person. And you know, I mean, you leave your family behind for this person and, and chaos can happen from this, this, but the same thing with meth, right? You lose your family over it. If it, it felt correct, that's where people get addicted to drugs and feelings and people and places, because when they bump into through the law of attraction, that which feels like them, which is an inspiration, inspired action is to, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is where I get the client called. Like, is he my soulmate? And it feels so right. And he just keeps ghosting me. And he just won't love me. And and I say, this isn't because you are here to find him. In this feeling, which is the closest vibration that you could find to your own, you are here to remind or remember yourself. This is where you put yourself back together. Okay. And, and they don't, nobody likes that answer because everyone wants that, that Hollywood movie of this is my person that's here to finally love me and finally see me and finally hear me. And I'm like, just give it three months. <laughs> three months is usually how long that hot spot really will stay in a state of oxytocin. After oxytocin, you're going to pretty much drop down to possibly just dopamine. Still a good hit, but not everything you're looking for. Disappointing. Your expectations will not be met. And then you'll find yourself either going back to the familiar hotspot that at least is consistently painful, or you will go on a search for that feeling again through meditation. And what I am saying right here now is that whether you're using the meditation, the breath work, you know, the DMT, the, the spirit drugs, the pharmaceutical drugs, the you know toxic person, the food, the the place, the money, the shopping, the sex. If you're getting your hit from your Wi-Fi that way, it's not sustainable. And a byproduct of that is a second part of our workshop, which is the aging part. Because addiction ages you very, very fast. And the reason why is because you're always racing the clock to get more. And when you race your own clock, you force yourself into fight or flight, anticipating your next hit or how you're going to get there, or what you're going to do, or protecting yourself, or figuring out, or you're dropping into adrenaline, and anger, and frustration, and rage, because you're not getting your way, and every ounce of that spike, high and low, high and low, extreme, you know, steroid-based sex hormones are designed to grow you, okay, 
and you're utilizing them for energy and stimulation. But what happens is your brain starts to go into this place called beta and beta is your defense brain. And anyone who has an addiction, I don't care if it's shopping, alcohol, drugs, toxic people, notice how quick they are to constantly be in defense. Like you cannot say anything. I mean, you could be like, hey, he's punching you out and you're and you've got an excuse. Because once your brain gets into that place where it is and becomes the addiction, it literally has to ride the wave. And that's why you'll see people age very quickly. And you'll see, you know, a, a really nasty relationship can age you 10 years. Luckily for me, I had quantum fitness in mind, at least the beginning stages, and, and was really working with my hormonal pattern. So I think he suffered a lot more than I did. But I definitely went through it and it was a journey. So on the other side of that is is working to, instead of needing the addiction, the double life or the hot spot of codependency, of needing your job for money, of needing your person for love, for needing you know your kids for respect, for needing you know your body of work to bring you value. As soon as you plug into that true Wi-Fi, that was built into your body, when you find that sweet spot and it's underneath a lot of walls you have built to kind of give yourself away to be loved, once you get down into that sediment space and you turn that Wi-Fi on, you will start to see where money actually comes from. You will start to see that love is just a byproduct of who you are and you're so abundant in it that everybody's willing to take it and they they respect you. Your kids change, your body changes. And the aging process then moves into a state of natural balance and resides in more of a gamma state in a theta space where a child would be, okay? And this is the way that we reverse aging. Now, we have also included lots of toys because, again, if we're going back to our childhood here, we're really working with spirit energy but more from a cosmic scientific space, we're going to be using different uh, biohacking tools such as frequency and vibration of taste, touch, feel, and sound. And that will be the things that we're going to be using tangibly. Notice how I didn't say sight. Okay. Sight is where everything gets messed up and you get distracted because sight, until you can see with your third eye, we do not want to take anything to heart from our two eyes. We also don't want to necessarily work with our feeling states because that is a hormonal reaction of either an addictive response or desire for more or anticipation of the past manifesting or a byproduct of, you know, some sort of PTSD that feels like a connection. So we want to really get to the root here. And if you were able to hang out with me during this podcast, hopefully I, I, I tied some dots together for you because science is is actually not about finding the newest technology and 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 getting healed. The truest science that we have available to us in in the quantum platform is realizing that you are infinite potential and that the the body and the brain that you have is the most perfect conduit for desire to manifest into matter. And the desire comes from your divine feminine energy and your, your ability to turn that into something is your divine masculine. So in the wait and waiting program, you're going to really see where all of your trauma is with your divine masculine or your divine feminine. You're going to look at where all of your grief is hidden, which is 
clouding your ability to believe in yourself and desire and stop sabotaging, right? You're going to clear all that away. And when you get into the addiction and ageless space where you also will completely understand dis-ease and malfunction, you will really begin to thrive. And then obviously part three, hey, that's just becoming the superhero, right? Or becoming the superhuman you. And that is where I cannot wait to take you because if you can make it through the complexity of the hormone training and, you know, really kind of understanding your biochemistry, you have to slow down, take notes, maybe really interact with your system. Lots of to-dos in this program, not to think or to, to listen. It is a lot of doing because that is where we are weak. We have very big, loud, super adrenalized minds that are overthinking and we have exhausted bodies that are aging too fast and we are running out of time. So time is managed by your divine masculine energy. Freedom is managed by your divine masculine energy. Space is managed by your divine feminine energy and your abundance that is inside you is managed by your divine feminine. So you need time, you need space, you need freedom. And you need you to manifest anything, not him, not they, not we. And that's where we can really put our eyes on our own paper and say, you know what? The world is a very scary place. So I am going to go inside where I can control something and I can work on my algorithms. Okay. And I can work with my hardware and my software and my, you know, light of consciousness, and I can be present when I am safe. So join me. It's going to be super awesome. Um, I know I'm making some of the, the students their heads spinning, but at the same time, you know, it's like, it's just like with anything, you know, when you first learn something for the very first time, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't get in there all the way, you know, and when we learn spirit consciousness, it's like there's such a resonance of truth that it just feels so good. We don't really even care if we're learning everything verbatim, but this type of work is is very detailed quantum biohacking, and it's all about roots, and it's all about frequency in and of the root, and what is keeping it locked in place, and what do we need to do physically, emotionally, chemically, to basically unlock that, all right? So thank you. Um, very excited about getting started next week. Uh, We are wrapping up our first module. It's not too late. Get in there, do it, right? You'll love it. Like it's, uh, it's a game changer. And if I had more time, I would, you know, run through the testimonials of my own existence, because once you actually find the missing piece, it's like, now you just, I just can't wait to just very much share this with the world on, you know, because it is, it's time, relationships, health, and money, but it is the manifestation of the you that is very capable Regardless of your education, your age, your health, your, you know, level of being trapped, you got five kids and, you know, husband, it doesn't matter because your, your system was not built to work outside of you. It was built to work inside of you. You build your new reality from your old reality inside of you. You are the universe. All right. I will see you guys in the classroom and in the books that I have coming out. And otherwise, stay tuned for more blogs.